Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa. For years, ParCast has worked tirelessly to bring you an unprecedented look at history's most radical true crime events. Your support has not only allowed us to keep exploring these stories, but has driven us to keep expanding as well. So as a thank you to the ParCast listeners, I am honored to announce the release of our first book, Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them. It's available on July 12th, and you can pre-order it today at parcast.com cults. The Branch Davidians, the Ant Hill Kids, Heaven's Gate, and more. Cults combs through the terrifying details never explored in any of Parcast's series before. This is a passion project only made possible by you. So we truly hope you'll enjoy it. Visit parcast.com slash cults to pre-order your copy of Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them. Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into ancient Greek traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. And be warned, today's episode contains depictions of violence, harm to children, and gore. Please exercise caution for listeners under 13. The sea nymph Thetis stood knee-deep in the river Styx. A storm brewed above her, and the beasts of Hades raged across the water. She gripped her baby boy by the ankle and lowered him into the current. Her heart ached at the sight of her only son, kicking in vain as purple-black water filled his lungs. She tried to remind herself she was doing this out of love. Thetis cooed in the language of the Nereid nymphs, reassuring him that it would all be over soon, and when he emerged, little Achilles would be invincible. She couldn't bear another moment in the human world, married to a mediocre king who tried to tame her wild spirit. She was not suited to life as a wife or mother, but before she abandoned Achilles, she'd ensure his greatness. While the glowing purple water swirled around the boy, Thetis closed her eyes and prayed. Let the ancient magic flow. Let the boy be stronger than his father. Let the prophecy of his death in battle be thwarted. Thetis! What are you doing? Thetis opened her eyes to see her husband, Peleus, racing down the shore to stop her. Though he raised his sword high, the young king's eyes were full of fear. Before she could protest, he pushed her aside and pulled Achilles out of the sticks. The glow quickly faded. Little Achilles wailed and wriggled free from Peleus's grip. Peleus scrambled to catch him and accidentally slashed his son's cheek with his sword. Peleus gasped in horror, but then the child glowed bright purple. The torn flesh knit itself back together 
In moments, his wound was healed. Peleus looked up at Thetis, a grave expression on his face. Thetis, I pray this gift does not become a curse. Thetis watched Peleus run off, the boy shimmering in his arms. She frowned when she saw his left foot, the foot she'd held him by, wasn't glowing. She wondered if the spell hadn't fully protected him, but she couldn't follow. She tried to reassure herself, a son whose sole weakness was his heel would surely lead a blissful, heroic life. Thetis couldn't know it would not be Achilles' only weakness. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Join me as we chronicle the early life of Achilles, great warrior of Greek mythology, Today, we'll follow him to a school for young heroes that's rife with danger and romance. Next week, we'll witness his first battle and his first heartbreak. Coming up, Achilles finds out that invincibility is easy and popularity is hard. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's tough to overstate Achilles' importance in Greek mythology. Born to a mortal father and a sea nymph mother, the young warrior played a key role in the Greek victory over the Trojans, as famously depicted in Homer's Iliad. Not bad for someone who was very nearly never born. His mother, Thetis, was pursued by the great gods Zeus and Poseidon. They were eager to lay with her until they learned of a prophecy. If any god had a son with Thetis, the boy would become so powerful that he'd overthrow them. Obviously, they backed off, and Thetis was forced to marry the mortal king, Peleus. Then another prophecy arose about Thetis. With a mortal, let her bed be blessed, and let her see her son dying in war. So she did what any mother would do and gave her son the gift of near-invincibility. Achilles' weakness and the prophecy surrounding his death would seal his fate in the Trojan War. But before his time as a soldier in Troy, he was just a kid in Thessaly, one who was a little different from his peers. And being different is tough, especially at a school for heroes. King 
Peleus's carriage stopped at the base of Mount Pelion, the tallest peak in Thessaly, 16-year-old Achilles leaned out, his eyes full of wonder. The lush green mountain overlooked the blue-green Aegean Sea. But that's not what took the young prince's breath away. On Pelion's peak was the academy. I can't believe I'm finally at hero school! You know Uncle Chiron doesn't like that nickname. But the new wing is quite striking, isn't it? <laughs> Almost worth the gold I donated to have it built. Achilles tuned his father out. His eyes were drawn to a group of older boys, chests glistening with sweat as they sparred. He felt a strange quiver pass through him, which he decided was jealousy. He slung his satchel over his shoulder and leapt out of the carriage. He landed awkwardly, nearly twisting his ankle as he stumbled over a large rock. Achilles, watch your heel. Your invincibility isn't a party trick. I wouldn't know since you never let me go to any parties. You need to be careful. You're not fully impervious. Peleus got out to lace his son's sandals up and Achilles sighed. All his life, his father had made him wear silly shoes that sheathed his ankles in metal. He knew his left ankle couldn't magically heal, but he felt so shackled and unfashionable. Peleus gave him a long hug. Then he smoothed Achilles' hair down and patted the stiff, scratchy, outdated tunic he'd insisted that his son wear. I'll see you soon. Unless you want me to come up with you. I don't think your presence will help. The other boys might say... Say what? Are the old rumors still swirling? I swear! You can rule a happy kingdom with a low crime rate. You could fight the Amazons with Heracles. You could help Jason find the Golden Fleece. But lose the love of one nymph one time, and everyone calls you a flaccid, cowardly deviant for years! This isn't about Mother. I just don't want to attract any attention. <sighs> I'm sorry. I worry. You're all I have. So please, stay safe, obey Chiron, and mind your heel. Achilles watched the carriage speed off. Part of him did want his father there, but he had to strangle the scared little boy inside. He was embarrassed at his father's reputation. He was sad that his mother had never come back to rescue him from his sheltered life. He was mortified that he'd never won a fight or kissed a maiden. But nobody at hero school had to know that. Achilles tousled his strawberry blonde locks into a perfect mess. He ripped the sleeves off his tunic to show off his biceps. He tore the metal sleeves off his dumb sandals. He clamped them around his wrists, like the armbands he'd seen Heracles wear on a vase in his father's study. He pasted on the cocky grin he'd rehearsed, then headed uphill to rule the school. A few minutes later, Achilles pushed open a set of wooden doors to face his first battleground, the school dining hall. Sunlight shone down through a ceiling made of tree branches, dappling the tables that lined the room. Harried servants rushed from the kitchen, bringing covered plates to the first-year boys scattered across the tables. 
Achilles knew he had to pick the right group. Whoever he sat with today would be his brothers in arms for life. At a table to his left, three meatheads arm wrestled. Gods, they look like grown men. Their mothers must have lain with giants. I bet they're here on athletic scholarships. They'd make for good muscle, but they seem like the kind of brutes you bribe to do your bidding, not the kind you befriend. Next. To his right, scrawny, acne-riddled youngsters quibbled about which of Daedalus's inventions was greatest. Ugh, too embarrassing. Oh, they do look smart. All right, Achilles. Remember to only bully them a little in case you need to copy their homework. Oh no, they're waving. Smile and move on, smile and move on. Achilles hurried past, approaching a dark corner where a young man sat alone. Something about him made Achilles stop. He was pale and lanky, but his arms rippled with sinewy strength. His hands were calloused, his tunic was threadbare, and his hair was a wild, jet-black mane. He seemed to sense Achilles, and when he looked up, it felt like his green eyes looked right into Achilles' soul. Achilles felt that strange quiver again, and decided it was revulsion. He looks like he belongs on the serving staff. Or in prison. Just walk away, Achilles. Any second now. Just as he was trying to turn, Achilles bumped into a servant carrying a covered dish to the strange boy's table. He smirked and grabbed the plate. I'll take that. (laughs) I'm starving. He turned back to the room and smiled when he found his crowd. A table glowed under a sunbeam that pierced through the ceiling canopy. The boys who sat there looked like a haughty cadre of young Apollos, which made sense since a few were related to the sun god. Achilles wouldn't call them friends exactly, but they were fellow royals that he'd met at diplomatic events, and that's what mattered. At least, he hoped it did. You rascals! Did all your fathers manage to buy you a spot here? Achilles ran up to give the boys backslaps and handshakes. They weren't thrilled to see him, but they grudgingly made space for King Peleus's son. As soon as he sat down, the doors swung open. Welcome, gentlemen. In walked Chiron, an impressive figure with the upper body of a man and the velvety chocolate-brown hind legs of a horse. Everyone shivered on instinct. Decades ago, wild centaurs had ravaged Thessaly. The boys' fathers banded together under Theseus to eradicate the menace. But even now, some whispered that survivors were out there plotting their revenge. Chiron was the only centaur who'd made peace with humanity, perhaps because his front legs were those of a man, perhaps because, unlike his brethren, he admired man's intellectual pursuits. Or perhaps it was all an act. Achilles ran over to hug Chiron. Uncle Kai, it's been forever. The last time you came to our palace for dinner must have been a year ago. Sit down, boy. And you're to refer to me as Master Chiron. Are we clear? 
Uh, yes, Master Chiron. You hear that, gents? Protocol. Achilles winked at Chiron, then hurried back to his seat. <sighs> now, I'm aware that you call this place the Hero School, and it's true. I've trained the best and brightest, Jason and his Argonauts. Heracles, who's off right now laboring to foil another one of Hera's ridiculous plots. But they are the exception, not the rule. Though you will be trained for battle, I pray you never have to use those skills. The most powerful weapon you'll learn to wield is your mind. You will be taught literature, healing, poetry, dance. Grumble all you like, but trust me, those swords and fists are mighty. Art can strike just as hard, and words can cut just as deep. Now, keep that in mind as you introduce yourselves. Chiron trotted off. Achilles shot up from his seat, eager to stand out. I am Prince Achilles, son of King Peleus of Thia, grandson of Echis and allegedly great-grandson of Zeus. Though, who isn't, am I right? <laughs> my mother is the Nereid Thetis, and I wouldn't be alive without Master Chiron, who helped my father woo her. It's practically my destiny to be here, and I can't wait to become a hero. Or at least a really heroic dancer. <laughs> Achilles felt his cheeks flush with happiness. People liked his cocky persona, the other young men followed his lead, listing their lineage with pride. Soon, the only one left was the sullen, green-eyed boy in the shadows. I am Patroclus. It's a blessing to be here. <laughs> That's it? Who's your father? Who are your people? That sort of thing matters to you, not to me. That means you're either poor, disgraced, or an orphan, right? Patroclus shrugged and sauntered back into the shadows. Achilles turned away, triumphant. Time to eat. The young men took the covers off their plates, revealing a savory boar stew. But when Achilles uncovered his dish... A viper, fangs bared, launched itself at his face. Achilles tried to push the viper away, but it slithered down his left leg. He felt real alarm now and wished he hadn't taken the metal sheath off his vulnerable heel. He turned to his tablemates for help, but the young royals cowered in their corners, screaming like harpies. Achilles had to fend for himself. Then suddenly, the snake was ripped from his grip. Someone smacked it down on the table and chopped it in half with a table knife. He looked up to see Patroclus holding the knife, just as Chiron galloped up. Uh, I'm fine. This was a test, right, Master Chiron? And always be ready, never let your guard down sort of thing? I... Yes, of course, fine work, both of you. The centaur galloped back to the kitchen. I guess you can call me Patroclus. Son of no one and savior of little Achilles. 
Patroclus' lips curled with a hint of a smile before he dropped the knife and walked away. Achilles knew he should be grateful, but he just felt humiliated. His first day was ruined. Patroclus would pay for that. Coming up, things heat up between Achilles and his rival. British history may be rich with impact, but it's also rife with mysteries. In UK Unknown, the new Spotify original from Parcast, we attempt to answer some of the Isle's most elusive questions. Who was Jack the Ripper? Were secret groups controlling the empire? And who or what created Stonehenge? Royalty. Literature, aliens, war. UK Unknown takes a closer look at Parkart's most mystifying episodes to separate hoax from history and absolute rubbish from the bloody baffling. Sit back, grab a cuppa, and catch a new episode of UK Unknown every Friday. Listen free only on Spotify. Now back to the story. Achilles' first day at Chiron's academy was a failure. After moody Patroclus saved him from a snake attack, he felt emasculated. It was hard to seem like a confident rascal when everyone had seen him scream like a damsel. The rest of the week wasn't much better. The popular boys, who he thought were friends, just hissed like vipers whenever he walked past. The geniuses he'd looked down upon were eloquent wordsmiths who trounced him in his debate course. By the sixth day, Achilles suspected that everyone saw him as the most average boy there. He knew the attack in the dining hall was where it all went wrong and realized that confronting Patroclus was the only way to salvage his reputation. That night, Achilles strode into the dining hall and scanned the room. Patroclus was in his corner as usual, scowling and half invisible in the dim torchlight. Achilles stormed up to Patroclus and spoke just loud enough so that absolutely everyone could hear. Patroclus, you have dishonored me! Huh? By slaying that snake, you stole my valor, robbed me of my first kill at hero school! You made a laughing stock of me in front of my best friends! Achilles nodded at the table of popular boys. All of them rolled their eyes. Uh, best uh, acquaintances. Anyway, I challenge you to a duel. Fists are preferable, but if you want to battle with knives, that'll work too. <laughs> I, I'm not going to duel you. I. Why not? Scared? Wouldn't be a fair fight. I don't want to ruin your pretty face. Achilles seethed. He couldn't show off if his foe wouldn't fight him. He turned to the next table and called out to the three brutes. Hey, you! I want you to punch me as hard as you can! Um, no thank you. The dinner table is no place for violence. Achilles rolled his eyes, dug into a pouch on his belt, and pulled out two gold coins. Here! Gold! For anyone willing to hurt me! The brutes conferred. Achilles felt a pang of hope. Then he felt a different pang, 
A kid from the genius table had run up and plunged a dinner knife into his chest. Achilles dropped down, wailing, writhing, and pleased at his ability to conjure up tears. He was surprised to see Patroclus run out from behind his table to push his scrawny stabber away, and annoyed when he dropped to his side. Are you all right? Someone get a healer! (laughs) Patroclus' eyes went wide when Achilles' cries of pain turned into laughter. Then Achilles stood and pulled the blade from his chest. Every jaw in the room dropped as the wound glowed purple and the skin knit itself back together. King Peleus was wrong. It was a great party trick. Achilles tossed the gold coins at his attacker, then pointed the knife at Patroclus. You see, Patroclus? It would be a fair fight. No, it still wouldn't be. I don't want to ruin my pretty face. Stop calling us pretty! Patroclus, come on! I need this! No, you don't. And neither do the jackals watching us. Achilles turned around. The boys, brutes, scholars, and royals alike, stared at them with a manic gleam in their eyes. Achilles realized they weren't on Team Achilles or Team Patroclus. They just wanted to see blood. So he grabbed a goblet and smacked it across Patroclus' face. Blood spurted from Patroclus' nose, which had gone from aquiline to worryingly crooked. But Patroclus just cracked it back into place. Then he licked the blood from his lips and smiled at Achilles. Was it good for you? (laughs) Achilles' cheeks burned. He turned and ran out of the dining hall. Chiron stood at a stone table in his study. It was a small cave where a fire burned and exquisite tapestries hung from the walls. The centaur poured over his scrolls and took a sip from a glass of wine, his one nightly indulgence. It was a perfectly peaceful moment, until Achilles stormed in to ruin it. Uncle Chiron, I want Patroclus gone. He made a fool of me. He has no respect for who I am. To be fair, the feeling seems mutual. Well, yes, because Patroclus isn't anybody. I think it's grand that you're helping the less fortunate, but if we're taking in strays, they should be more grateful. I was once a stray Achilles. When your father and his friends drove the centaurs off this mountain, I alone was allowed to stay. If I'd remained quiet and grateful, If I hadn't demanded respect, I'd have ended up in some menagerie as a queen's docile pet. If Patroclus is standing up for himself, I applaud that. But you're different. You deserve your success because you're a legend. One of the good ones. Patroclus deserves a chance too. More so than a spoiled ingrate of a prince. Achilles blinked in surprise. No one had ever said anything like that to him before. He felt a pang of hurt, but it was quickly swallowed by anger. Then I'll put it so plainly that even your horse side can understand. My father funds this school. 
He's your patron, and the only reason you're not skulking in the woods being hunted like the deviant you are! <laughs> Chiron reared up and let out a chilling whinny. Achilles stepped back, afraid he'd gone too far. Chiron closed his eyes, willing himself back to a state of calm. <sighs> if you want Patroclus out, then take it up with his patron. Fine. Give me his name and I'll have my father sort it all out. Very well. Patroclus' patron is Peleus, king of fire. What? Why would my father do this? What makes Patroclus so special? Chiron trotted up to Achilles and gripped his shoulder. What makes you so special? Your father's power? Your invulnerability? You did nothing to earn those. A man is only as strong as his weaknesses. If Patroclus consumes you so, perhaps you should examine those feelings. Wise words. But I think I'll just get father to kick him out. Achilles ducked under Chiron's hulking frame and ran out of the cave. Oh, Achilles, you've picked the wrong rival. The next day, Achilles slipped the guards a few coins and snuck off campus. Home was only an hour's walk away, and he had questions for his father. When Achilles ran into his father's throne room, Peleus was both terrified that something had happened and overjoyed that he was home. He ran up to kiss his son's head, but Achilles pushed him away. Why are you paying for Patroclus' schooling? What? I... I told Chiron to keep that a secret. If you want to help the needy, there are servant boys in our palace who could take his place, which would work well since I'm tired of washing my own tunics. Patroclus isn't there to do your bidding. He's there to protect you. Father, no. That's so embarrassing. I don't care. Perhaps I shelter you too much, but you're all I have. You're a target for every rival king. Your mother might take you back to the sea. I can take care of myself. Can you, though? You're not even wearing your special sandals. I won't learn unless I get the chance. That's what you never understand. Send Patroclus back to whatever mercenary camp you bought him from. He doesn't deserve to be at school. He does. Patroclus isn't a mercenary, Achilles. He's a prince, like you. Then why haven't I met him at any banquets? Why haven't I heard of him? Years ago, his poor father, Menetius, fell on hard times. But before that, when your mother left, he was there for me. He hired the finest nurses in Greece to help me raise you. I owed him a favor, and Patroclus needed a place to go after he... needed a place to go. After he what, father? Look, you don't have to befriend him or like him or even look at him. Just focus on your studies and know that Patroclus is there to help. He won't help if I slay him. Maybe that's how I'll prove myself. Don't make him your enemy. I mean it. You don't understand me at all. But mm, maybe mother will.
Achilles ran onto the shores of the Aegean and squinted into the setting sun. Mother, father says you abandoned us. The few times I've come to ask for your aid, all I've gotten was wet. But please, I really need you today. He fell to his knees, letting emotion wash over him like the tide. He wasn't sure if Thetis was listening, but he needed to confess. He'd been rude to his father, he'd called Chiron a deviant, and he couldn't make a friend to save his life. It seemed like every single bad part of himself had come out to play at school. I know I'm the real deviant, but I just want a second chance. And I'd feel a lot better if Patroclus wasn't there to make me feel so... small. Please, I just want help to make him feel the way I feel. A wave sped toward Achilles, and when it flowed back out to sea, he saw that a pair of blood-red dice had washed up on the shore. What in Hades am I supposed to do with dice? Achilles rolled his eyes, closed his fist around the dice, and trudged back up the hill to Chiron's school. He should have known better than to trust his mother. When Achilles got back to campus, everything was quiet, eerily so. An odd smell permeated the air, something so sharp it stung his nose. He was following the scent when he heard a strange, dripping sound. He turned a corner, and in the red-orange glow of the torches, he saw that the dorm's limestone wall was covered in blood. Blood that spelled out a word. Deviant. A voice came from behind Achilles, and he felt his heart sink. Well, Achilles, it seems you have learned just how deep words can cut. Coming up, Achilles must turn to Patroclus for help. Now back to the story. Achilles stood by a wall at Chiron's school, which someone had defaced with the word deviant. It was the same thing he'd called Chiron earlier that day, and now the centaur believed he'd caught Achilles red-handed. Chiron, I I know I said, but I'd never do this! (laughs) Chiron galloped to Achilles and gripped him by the chin. Why should I believe you? Every year some brat shows up here bearing his father's grudge against the centaurs. Maybe I misjudge Peleus. Master Chiron, wait! All of a sudden, Patroclus pushed himself between Chiron and Achilles. Achilles wasn't here when it happened. I can defend myself, Patroclus. Look, it wasn't me. And if it was anyone here, I'll beat every boy to a pulp until they confess. Or better yet... I'll get my father's army to do it! I promise, I can help! Achilles, you can help by getting some paint. A few minutes later, Achilles found himself alongside Patroclus, slathering white paint across the wall while Chiron watched. 
The centaur was still upset, but his fear and anger had faded to frustration. Achilles was pretty sure the frustration was at his painting skills, or lack thereof. But what was Chiron supposed to expect? He'd never done manual labor in his life. His arm wasn't steady, and the paint he sloshed on the wall dribbled down onto his tunic. He half expected Chiron to rip the brush from his hands, but Patroclus gripped his hand instead. Here, like this. Up close, Achilles was surprised at Patroclus' scent. He expected it to be unpleasant, the smell of someone who couldn't afford soap. But instead, it was earthy, sweet, a little spicy. Achilles wouldn't mind smelling that, or he meant smelling like that. Achilles realized he was acting ridiculous and tried to hold his breath. After they were done, Chiron asked Patroclus to help him carry paint back to the storeroom and told Achilles to get to bed. Achilles knew he'd just have to face the other boys, who'd probably just hiss at him. So he headed for a walk in the woods. Before long, Achilles was among the cypress trees. He breathed in the cool night air and felt more at peace than he had all week, until he heard the sound of hooves. Chiron? Is that you? No. Just me. Achilles turned to see Patroclus step out from behind a tree. He shivered. I didn't hear you follow. I'm good at my job. Is Chiron with you? No, he went to his chambers. Why? I heard... <clears throat> Never mind. You know, I didn't need your help when Chiron accused me. I know him. He's like family. He'd have softened eventually. Maybe. Did you see me leave to visit my father? Is that how you knew I was innocent? No, I lied. But thanks for telling me, I feel better about it now. So you did think I wrote that word? If I had to guess, I'd say it was whoever planted that snake in the serving dish. Chiron said that was a test. I think Chiron was lying. Me too. And whoever's doing this isn't after Chiron. You're right. They're, They're after, after me. me. After, after you? you? You're delusional! That snake was in my dish! A dish meant for me, before you swooped in to steal it. Oh. Well, what about the word on the wall? It's what I called Chiron. How kind. But he's not the only one who's been called that. How are you a deviant? Patroclus looked away, his eyes narrowing in pain. I don't talk about the past. What happened to you? What's your story? I don't talk about the past. Please! Everyone acts like you're a big mystery, and I think you love it. Do you wake up early every day to practice being so aloof? Do you wake up early every day to practice being so annoying? Yes! Only I was shooting for charismatic! Well, your aim's off. Don't turn this around on me! Who are you? Why is your father disgraced? Why do you dress like you're poor? What's your workout routine? Why did I ask that? Do you like school? Do you like protecting me? Do you like anything? Why do you act like every day here is a punishment? Because it is. And do you deserve to be punished? Yes. 
Out of nowhere, an arrow flew through the trees and into Patroclus' shoulder. Achilles gasped as Patroclus staggered. Run! Achilles bolted back toward the school as another arrow whooshed past his ear. His pace slowed when he heard hooves again. It was too dark for Achilles to see into the trees, but it sounded like riders were all around him, men on horseback, taunting him. He knew he should keep running. But then he saw Patroclus get hit again. The arrows flew mercilessly at him, and Achilles knew he had to help, so he ran back to Patroclus. What are you doing? Get to safety! I am safety. Achilles threw his arms around Patroclus. The world seemed to slow down as Achilles covered Patroclus and took every arrow that flew at them. They stuck in his back, his shoulders, his neck, and his arms, but he didn't feel any of them. All he felt was his heart against Patroclus' heart, racing to the same beat. The arrows stopped, and Patroclus fell to the ground. He looked up at Achilles, whose entire body was riddled with arrows. Patroclus gasped as purple light pulsed across Achilles' limbs. And every arrow fell from his body. Achilles grinned, wavering in place. Call me Achilles, savior of Patroclus. Then Achilles collapsed and cried out. Achilles looked down and let out a terrified gasp. An arrow had grazed his left ankle. It was the first time he'd been truly hurt since he was a child. He had no idea how deep the cut was. All he could do was watch himself bleed. He jumped when Patroclus wrapped his tunic around the wound. Patroclus took Achilles' trembling hand in his strong grip and pressed it down to stop the blood. It's just a grace. You'll be all right. Patroclus stared at Achilles, breathless and bare-chested, his green eyes full of respect and admiration. A tempest of emotion swirled in Achilles' heart. He felt that quiver again, and it all became clear. It wasn't jealousy. It wasn't revulsion. It was something else entirely. I... Achilles... I owe you my life. I know you do, but I'll settle for this. Then Achilles kissed Patroclus. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. Tune in next Tuesday to find out if Achilles and Patroclus can put aside their differences, figure out their strange relationship, and save their school. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. 
If you enjoy mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday, we dive into another dark, classic fable. We'll be back next week with the conclusion of this epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Amin Osman, with writing assistance by Molly Quinlan and Robert Teamstra, fact-checking by Haley Milliken, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Joe Hernandez, Nazi Tarsha, and Charlie Wess. I'm Vanessa Richardson. The Loch Ness Monster Jack the Ripper Shakespeare's Lost Play The British Isles have long been the source for infamous crimes and baffling events. In UK unknown, we cross the pond in search of answers, investigating the UK's most inexplicable mysteries. Follow UK Unknown free and only on Spotify. Catch a new episode every Friday. Hi, listeners, it's Vanessa. Exciting news, ParCast's first book, Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Join Them, is now available for pre-order at parcast.com cults. Thanks to your support, we've compiled years of research, insights, and a catalog of case studies to expose more about these cults and the people behind them than ever before. Details which haven't even been explored in our Cults podcast. Visit parcast.com slash cults to pre-order your copy of Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them.